This podcast is recorded on the lands of the Kenyonkahage Nation in Chochage, also known as Montreal, Quebec, the original lands of many First Nations, including the Kenyonkahage of the Haudenosaunee Confederacy, Huron-Wendat, Abenaki, and Anishinaabe. To learn what land you're on, go to native-land.ca. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Lily Pod. I hope that you're all doing well this week. I am feeling good about this episode. I'm feeling good about all that I'm gonna cover. I am really excited to just kind of dive in headfirst to this topic because I think it's gonna set the tone for a lot of future topics that I'm hoping to cover. I actually started writing the notes for this episode way back in fall 2020 when I was taking a course on um, theories of sexuality and we did a whole week on the institutionalization of marriage, specifically in relation to heteronormativity and capitalism and how that shows up. Um, A lot of discussion about the heterosexual imaginary, how heterosexuality is institutionalized, naturalized, and normalized and how this all kind of plays into this idea of marriage and weddings. My main reference for this topic, um, where I'm getting a lot of my ideas and just like building off of concepts that are mentioned in this source that I'm using, is Chris Ingram's One Is Not Born A Bride from 2016. And you can look that up and you should be able to access the PDF if you want to read it for yourself. It is so good. I would definitely recommend reading that if you're more interested in learning more about the institutionalization of heterosexuality and how it links to inequality and hierarchies and how capitalism plays a role, how that shows up, how we have been raised to think that this is the way of looking at marriage. And anyway, we're going to dive in, so I won't give everything away from the article, but I definitely recommend reading it. It is very, very well written, and there's so many ideas to dissect from what he talks about. So that's kind of what we're going to do today. So to start off, I want to talk about the heterosexual imaginary. Um, This is something that Chris Ingram talks a lot about in One Is Not Born a Bride, and it is the basis for a lot of the discussion that I'm going to be covering. So The heterosexual imaginary is a way of thinking that masks and covers up how heterosexuality and heteronormativity structures and controls gender, gender roles, and sexuality. And because it masks how heterosexuality controls these things, it prohibits any sort of criticism or analysis of heterosexuality as an institution. Because it controls gender and gender roles and sexuality and everything so much, we can't fully criticize it because we're so caught up in how it's been masked over the years and how we've been taught that it is just normal. So what the heterosexual imaginary does is it creates the illusion of romanticism and sacredness in marriage, in heterosexual marriage, and it prevents us from clearly seeing the ways in which 
institutionalized heterosexuality upholds systems of hierarchy regarding race, class, ability, gender, and sex. And unpacking the heterosexual imaginary and all the ways in which it's so flawed allows us to see the ways in which the institution oppresses a multitude of identities in regards to literally anything that steps outside of the heteronormative narrative. So this regulation and control of sexuality is seen as natural. It's naturalized through institutions like marriage. And these institutions maintain traditional notions of man and woman and monogamy, um, monogamy being the morally right or the only appropriate relationship. And this is shown through a bunch of different rituals like weddings and domestic relations laws. And it's just ingrained into these rituals that have been created in order to control this idea of gender and gender roles. And the thing is, we're taught to want these things. We're taught to want and crave these wedding rituals um, because of commercialization and consumerism, how products are sold to consumers taking part in the wedding ritual that works to institutionalize heterosexuality. And it rewards those who participate. So if you get married, you're automatically put up on this pedestal of, oh, they're like the morally good people of the world. They are married. They're a man and a woman. They have bought into this commercialized idea of the wedding through the big poofy white dress and the black suit and all the flowers and everything. And these couples who participate in the wedding, the wedding ritual are seen as moral. They're seen as normal, family-centered, therefore good. They are appropriately sexual since they're participating in this ritual that follows the conditioned guidelines of what love and sex are supposed to be. They're supposed to be things that are done under marriage and marriage only. And the thing is, is all of this is romanticized. Heterosexuality is romanticized all in the interests of capitalism. And this is shown through the mass marketization of weddings and how the wedding spectacle is like the most important thing. The big white dress, the flowers, the cake, everything is all about the wedding and the relations are secondary. And it's this spectacle, this big fairy tale thing that we were all told to want and to plan for, especially young girls. This big giant spectacle is concealing the way that the heterosexual imaginary is upholding these racial, class, and sexual hierarchies that are controlling all of us. Okay, I want to backtrack a little bit. Um, just to talk a little bit more about internalizing heteronormativity and um, being taught to want this wedding spectacle ever since we were young, um, we're conditioned into believing that this is what we want, that this is our ultimate desire, particularly for young girls. We want to get married. We want to have the big dress. We want to have the perfect guy, Mr. Right. And growing up, we have all of these messages being thrown onto us that there is this chronological timeline in our lives that we have to follow. We go to school, we fall in love, we get married, we have kids, and we all live happily ever after. This is what all the fairy tales tell us. This is how all the movies end, and this is just what we're supposed to do. 
and we internalize what these messages are telling us so much that we expect our lives to just turn out this way thinking that this is what we want even though it might not be maybe we don't want to get married maybe we don't want to get married to a certain person maybe we don't even want to be in a long-term romantic relationship maybe that's just what we want but we comply with the messages transmitted to us through heteronormative culture and through the really heavily commercialized ritual of the perfect wedding. And so many young girls get so excited about this idea of having the perfect wedding because we've all been taught it's what we should want, to have the perfect dress, the perfect cake, the perfect venue, the perfect guy. We get so wrapped up in these materialistic, consumerist ideas of what we want our weddings to be that it's hard to really step back and question, okay, wait, who am I imagining this wedding for? Is it for me because I want to get married to somebody that I love who I'm committed to making that legal bond with? Or is it because this is what I've been taught to want? I know this was a really big thing with me growing up of wanting the perfect wedding and like I literally still have my Pinterest board of dream wedding with all of these pretty dresses and flowers and whatever, but I was thinking to myself after after I read this article in my class last semester, I was thinking to myself, I was like, wait, wait a second. Do I even want to get married? Like, am I just thinking that I want to get married because this is what I've been taught to want on my life? Because it's literally not even a question when you're a kid. It's not ever, oh, like, if you get married someday or if you did do this, it's, it's always when. When you get married, when you meet your next boyfriend, when you meet the love of your life, and it's like, okay. But now there's literally no room for us to explore what we might want instead of that stuff, instead of all of this heteronormative shit, basically. (laughs) Just this stuff that so many people I don't think actually want, and they just think they want because it's what we have been taught ever since birth and it's what we see in the movies it's what we see in books and all of these narratives that have just been spoon-fed to us for so long marriage is a really serious thing and i feel like so many people just think that it's kind of like this thing that you're just supposed to do at some point in your life after you reach a certain age after you're finished college or university which of course are also these rites of passages that everybody has to do which is also bullshit but once you do all of these things once you're on that chronological timeline you got to get married and then you got to pop out three babies, at least three. And then if you're a woman, you have to be a stay-at-home mom and the dad has to go provide. And it's just all of this stuff is just so unrealistic and just untrue for so many people that I think don't even realize that maybe they don't actually want these things. And if you do want these things, if you do want to get married and have kids and be that stay-at-home mom or that stay-at-home dad or whoever, then go for it. There's literally nothing wrong with that. I think that that's wonderful. I think that everybody should just follow what their instincts are telling them to do. But the issue that I have is when people who really don't actually want these things still go through with them because this notion that they have to be living this heteronormative narrative in order to live a happy life, they've internalized that so much that they have completely lost sight of 
what they actually want or maybe they've never even gained insight to what they actually want because they've just been spoon-fed this crap for so long chris ingram in his piece one is not born a bride has this line where he's talking about marriage and he says that marriage is the rite of passage for appropriate heterosexual identity and membership it's this little box that you check And if you check it, if you check it just right, if you check it in that heteronormative way that everybody wants you to, then you're in the club and you're good. The deal is sealed. But the way that this is institutionalized, the way that we are taught that this is the only option, that this is the only way to get our happily ever after, it's just controlling these aspects of our identity that are so important these relationships of ours our genders our sexualities and it's always just upholding and preserving so many hierarchies that limit so many people and we see this institutionalization everywhere in weddings and everywhere in rituals of marriage and gender roles and it's all just packaged perfectly and prettily and romantically all up in a little bow in order to market heteronormative ideas to the rest of the world and this the ritual of these weddings represents the maintenance of the institution of heterosexuality as a means of social control now that's a really extreme way of looking at it this is just what i'm pulling from Um, Chris Ingram's article and I do agree with a lot of it I do agree that it is so institutionalized it is so brainwashing it's so fucked up but also I'm not saying that like every wedding ever has been just this like facade of fake love and that nobody should ever get married (laughs) because I don't think that that's true I think that if you want to get married go for it I just think that weddings need to be scrutinized a lot more. There needs to be a lot more critical thinking about why we think that this is a necessary rite of passage and where that's come from and why we've internalized it so much because there's so many layers to it and there's so much that gets ignored or pushed aside because challenging stuff like that, challenging things that are so institutionalized and so ingrained in the way that our society works is really hard and scary and it can really make us question our own values and our own morals and kind of I don't know I feel like it's a really big learning experience for all of us as individual people of just having that conversation in our own brains or with a friend or with your partner of just asking like wait a second (laughs) do I actually want any of this do I even want to be in a relationship do I even want to be like headed towards that goal of marriage or do I just want to be accepted by this world that told me that that's the only way that I can be accepted and if you come to the conclusion that yeah you know what I do want that big wedding and I do want that big white dress and I want to have flower girl and I want to go on a big long honeymoon like go for it like do you do your thing but also just like have that in the back of your mind of like 
why do I want these things? Do I want them or is it capitalism? (laughs) I feel like that's like a really funny question (laughs) that I ask myself so often is like, is this just capitalism nudging me in the gut right now or do I actually want to buy this pair of jeans? Okay, I also want to talk about how marriage and big white weddings, how that not only masks the way that heteronormativity controls gender and sexuality in relationships, but also how it masks the actual reality of the relationship of whoever it is that's getting married and how it's just seen like this big fairy tale and they live happily ever after as soon as they put those rings on their fingers as soon as they ride off into the sunset off to their honeymoon to Hawaii or Malibu or Fiji as soon as they're on that train to fairy tale land everything is fine everything is perfect they're a couple now they're man and wife they have got it all figured out and they're just gonna live happily ever after And I mean, okay, we know about marriage statistics, we know how common divorce is, and we know how many unhappy marriages are out there. But it's this wedding spectacle and this idea of happily ever after in the name of heteronormativity that convinces us that this is the way to go, even though it might not be for everybody. It's also just designed to set us up for disappointment with heteronormative relationships. Like, it's so unrealistic that no matter what happens after we walk down that aisle, after we get married, there's going to be disappointment. Like, if you you are buying into this narrative of the wedding being the final, the final declaration of love. And once you're married, everything is all good and you have been accepted. You are now a moral being of society. Congratulations. And now here's your jacket. Welcome to the club. Like if we're buying into this narrative, then of course we're going to be unhappy. Of course our relationships aren't going to be what we thought they would be because we have been built up to this moment this climax moment of here it is the big wedding and after this everything's gonna be good if we believe that then like we're kind of fucked no i remember my professor um dr ryan conrad from theories of sexuality from the class where we did this reading um chris ingram's one is not born a bride he made a really good point about queer relationships in relation to marriage um i'm trying to remember exactly what he said but he said something along the lines of how so many queer people are so stuck on the idea of having the same rights as heterosexuals and being able to get married and being able to have a baby and all of these things that are literally constructs of the heterosexual imaginary and how it's just queer people wanting that craving of like wanting to be accepted based on those heteronormative ideals that we've been taught to want and that we've been taught to internalize and what he thought the focus should be instead of focusing on um, we deserve all the same rights as you we as in queer and you as in heterosexual we need to focus instead on dismantling the institution of marriage because it is inherently heterosexist and it is inherently 
controlling of gender and sexuality and gender roles and relationships. And so we shouldn't want to aspire to reach that point we should just fucking get rid of it. And that's basically what he said. And I was just like, you know what? That's like an interesting take that I don't think I've heard before. But it really just got me thinking about like even people who aren't, um, who don't belong in that category of the heteronormative narrative. Even we have internalized that notion that the only way to be accepted, the only way to be valuable is to buy into the heterosexual imaginary. And I mean, at this point, it kind of is like that's the that's the only way that we're going to be seen as full beings if we buy into the institution of marriage and if we follow all of the guidelines to live the heteronormative fairy tale life the law and legality of marriage it has so much power to maintain structures that don't seem like maybe they're immediately related to marriage but nonetheless they're still controlled by this structure that was literally designed to control people this idea of the bigger the better the bigger the wedding the better the marriage um it reflects not only like the american dream this like ideal fairy tale world that we all want to aspire to live in um it also just reflects heterosexuality itself and how the more appealing your relationship looks to the rest of the world the more put together the more perfect the more fairy tale-esque it looks to the rest of the world that's all that matters it just all connects back to these ideas of consumerism and image and capitalism and all of these things that are so based in image and how things appear rather than what they actually are And social media just makes this even worse of buying into the wedding spectacle and posting the perfect picture and making sure all your Facebook and Instagram friends see you in that poofy white dress because if nobody sees you in it, then what was the whole point, right? I don't know. If anything, I hope that after listening to this episode, you've kind of just like started to question your perception of marriage and how you grew up seeing it, whether it was movies or in your own life with um, family members or TV or the media or whatever. I just, I hope that it's made you kind of question a little bit um, your own perceptions and your own ideas of what marriage really is and why having the big wedding is so important. For a takeaway this week, I think I want to do something fun. And for um, whoever wants to this week to go watch a movie where there's like a big white wedding. And just like, I don't know, if you don't want to watch the whole movie, it's fine. But just like maybe watch just that one scene of the wedding where the girl's walking down the aisle. She's got her big dress. She's got her pink flowers. He tears up at the other end of the aisle. The organ soars. Everybody's crying because she's so beautiful. She's such an angel. Just watch the scene and like try and pick apart all the things about it that are maybe a little bit weird that maybe you haven't questioned before, like the vows or 
the bridesmaid's dresses or the father giving the bride away to the man. All of these tiny little details that maybe you can be more critical of now that you've listened to me rant and criticize marriage for the past 23 minutes. Oh my god. Anyway, I think that's all for this week. Again, I could ramble for longer, but I'm gonna chill. Gonna make some tea, cozy up. Hopefully you can do the same at some point today. I'll see you next time.